Hi there, it's Matthew here, producer of the Mental Money Podcast. This is a new shorter episode where we play you clips from our most popular episodes. We're going to call it triage, because just like you triage patients, these shorter episodes can help triage your own financial priorities. This episode from October 2022 is actually a really popular one, it turns out, and it featured Tommy speaking with Mazars's Nick Nesbitt and Andy Powell, and they're talking all about limited companies. It's a really popular topic here in Medis Money, so I thought for the first one it would just be worth going through a few of the key points, and of course if you want to check out the full thing, it's episode 119. If you want to go listen to the full thing, I'd encourage you to do so. Just bear in mind with these things that things are always changing, with budgets, with rules, with the tax year, so just bear in mind that while I try to exclude everything that is likely to have changed, just take it with a pinch of salt, but consult a professional, seek advice, don't take these clip shows as gospel, because things are always changing, just to be aware of that, okay? But let's have a little listen, shall we? Firstly, we're going to hear Nick Nesbitt talking about what exactly is a limited company in the context of medicine. So, Nick, is it worth starting with a bit of a recap on why doctors might be considering using a limited company for any additional work that they do? At a very basic level, the use of limited companies came around from the fact that usually consultants doing additional private work either had the choice of doing that work on a self-employed basis and if you do it on a self-employed basis then it's taxable on you as an individual as and when you do the work so if you're doing a 10 session nhs contract with some other responsibilities etc you're probably earning at a level where any additional income will be subject to some nasty rates of tax and it may well be that you don't actually need that additional income at that point in time so historically people who established limited companies ran their private practice through the limited company so that the income was taxable on the company through corporation tax rates, which are lower than the higher rates of personal tax. And they built up the funds within the company and then hopefully paid a lower overall rate of tax by accessing the funds when they retired, etc. The next sort of step and iteration of limited company planning came about when the annual allowance legislation started to become more punitive and started to catch the medical community more probably in the early 2010s. So what we saw then when we had lower annual allowance tax rates, and these have been discussed at length on Medics Money, was any additional income that people earned through private practice would push their income levels above the thresholds where their annual allowance would start to become tapered. And therefore doing private practice, not only would you pay higher rates of tax if you did it on a self-employed rate, but you'd also increase your level of pension taxation. So during that period, a high level of consultants would have been running their private practice through a limited company so as to try and limit the damage that was done to their annual allowance position. So that's probably a very broad summary in the round. It's about sort of deferring the point of taxation and not suffering high levels of tax on income that you don't need. And then there are peripheral benefits around not damaging your pension tax position and trying to maintain your full annual allowance. So as we just heard from Nick Nesbitt, there are kind of a couple of advantages to setting up as a limited company from the point of different taxation and trying to mitigate that punitive annual allowance legislation. But it's easy to think of that and think, oh, great, that's amazing. But actually, in the episode itself, there was quite a good bit of good cop, bad cop going on from Nick and Andy. Because it's something that you really need to consider and think carefully. It won't work for everyone. That's just the nature of the beast. Uh, It will not work for everyone. So it's really important to get the right advice before thinking about doing any of this. 
but now we're going to hear about the bad cop from Andy. Like, why is it not so good? What you have to bear in mind is a limited company is its own separate legal entity. So you have lots of different other issues that you have to take into account when doing that. And what you've got to weigh up is whether some of the issues that arise from setting up a limited company when you compare it with the kind of tax deferral stuff that Nick talked about, like tax mitigation stuff, whether it's actually worthwhile. And some of the areas you need to consider would be, firstly, you know, there's some legislation about off payroll working, often referred to as IR35, and that's in, they've been in place from the public sector since 2017. And if you are working for a public sector organisation, there has to be some kind of assessment of the employment relationship with someone who's trading via a third party organisation like a limited company. That legislation has also been extended now to the private sector as well. There's a lot of compliance aspects that now need to be performed, so it would also cover private hospitals as well. So you've got to consider the employment relationship because actually just simply sticking a limited company in between who you're working for and you doesn't necessarily get you off the fact that you've got to pay tax and national insurance as an employee or an individual. VAT becomes a consideration because you have changed potentially the nature of the relationship with who you're supplying the service to. And if you've changed it from a provision of a medical service to a provision of a star, like, you know, akin to a locum agency, then VAT could become a consideration because there are different VAT issues to do with staff provision versus healthcare provision. That's more applicable more to the locum side of things where you're doing locum work. We also, you know, you pointed out that we do have a new prime minister and maybe by the time this has come out, there may have been an emergency budget, there may not have been an emergency budget. But what that highlights to you is tax rates can change. The corporation tax rate, which is the tax rate that the companies pay, as we talk now, is 19%. But in the budget, it's forecast to go up to 25%. Liz Trust has talked about reducing tax rates. So they could reverse all that. We'll have to see what comes with that. So whilst you can plan today based on today's tax rates, what you just have to be mindful of is tax rates change and legislation changes. So what may look good today in 10 years time may be a completely different picture. And also what we have seen is that we've seen changes in how dividends are taxed and how national insurance is applied. And actually that's narrowed the gap between self-employment and limited company usage quite significantly. Running a company requires additional administration. It is a separate legal entity. It requires separate accounts to be filed with Companies House. It requires its own tax returns to be filed. It requires its own bank accounts. It requires you know, compliance with legislation around lots of different aspects to do with running a company. You have to consider PI cover, professional indemnity cover. At the moment, you know, most clinicians will have their own professional indemnity cover or will be covered through crown-based schemes. But also, if you're operating through a limited company, you're also exposing a separate legal entity to PI claims. So you have to make sure that your PI aspect is updated to cover both the company individually. And probably the last side that you need to consider is any other legislation. And a good example is a GP. So if you've got a GP partner, operating under a PMS or GMS contract, which most do, we're often asked, well, if I set up a limited company on the side, can I do some locum work for my practice and transfer that money into a limited company and shelter the tax that way? Apart from tax issues to do with that, and there are some tax issues to do with that, actually, there's a legally compliance issue to do with that because the GMS contract prohibits that. And there's a clause in the GMS contract which stops you subcontracting to a company where you are the owner of that company. So, you know, you're in breach of your GMS contract if you do that. So lots of small accountants who don't necessarily specialize in the medical world won't pick that point up. That said, lots of negatives, but it's not all about the negative. It still is, you know, important and a useful tool to have for some people.
So there you go, you just heard from Andy Power talking about some of the negative things. It's all a balancing act. There will be some positive things, of course there is. Just be really careful with what's out there in terms of the full implications of what you're doing when you're setting up a limited company. That's all we can say, really, at Metis Money. It's not advice. I suppose the most burning question from this whole episode was, in fact, should I do it? Should I run my private practice from a limited company? Okay, and that's what we're going to hear Nick Nesbitt talking about now. Should I, as a doctor, run my private practice for a limited company? In one word, if possible. Yeah, I don't think I can give you one word, Tommy. I think what I would say here is that if you need the income that you're earning through private practice, then the answer is most likely no generally from a tax perspective it'll probably end up broadly here or there but why bother with the additional hassle of a company if what's coming into it goes out of it each year that's not an absolute but it's probably a good general rule i think that where you don't need the income that you're earning through your private practice then you're more likely to see benefit from the limited company structure and see a reason for going down that route however a lot of people come to us and want to talk through the maths of it all and i think we've had previous podcasts on medics money where we've done exactly that actually in my experience quite often the final decision doesn't come down to the tax rate on one side of the coin versus the tax rate on the other it actually comes down to the person's appetite for that type of planning or their appetite for a simple life quite frankly and i think if you're the type of person that quite enjoys a sort of financial structure and a bit of a sort of an entrepreneurial spirit then you might well go down the limited company route if you're somebody who really values a simple life and is happy to pay possibly a bit more tax to have a simple life then you'll probably end up just choosing to keep your private practice on a self-employed basis so that wasn't a one-word answer, Tommy, but it's hopefully a guide as to which camp you might fall into, depending on what type of person you are. I think, as you said, it is certainly an area of advice and not wanting to plug professional advice too much, but it's certainly an area of planning that you probably need help to understand all of the tax positions and the implications, given your specific sort of circumstances and the nature of your private practice. So there you go. Hopefully there's some food for thought in this short little episode. As I say, the full episode is 119, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'd advise you to check out the full episode because there is just so much more than could ever be covered here. But hopefully it's given you a flavour and at least a taste of whether you think you might need a limited company. Just be aware that things change, like I said earlier. It may be advantageous one year and not so much the next. It just depends entirely on the legislators. And so definitely subscribe to the Medics Money podcast. Check out our YouTube channel. We are going full steam on that. We've got a new editor and the videos are absolutely fantastic. So I'd encourage you to subscribe there if that's what you'd like. And from all of us at Medics Money, wishing you a happy weekend and take care.